In episode 3.7 of Unshuffled, we discuss the recently released album from Gojira called Fortitude. But first, here's Seven Planets. Scotty D. Mr. Matt. Let's get into it. We are unshuffled. I'm sure you know who we are. You're listening to us. I'm sure you're familiar with us. If you've never listened to us before, welcome aboard. It's about time. We're trying to bring back the album. We're doing it band by band, album by album, track by track. We believe that albums are the best way to listen to music. You know, this podcast is about doing it the right way, taking your time with an album, choosing intentionally the band that you want to listen to and working your way through methodically and soaking it all in. And we've done that with Gojira already. And now the fruits of all that listening have come with this new album. That And now we, we feel like we're so well-placed with when a new album comes out. It's like, yeah, I know this band. And I really, um, you know, we've got all the points of reference from their career and we've got this new album in front of us to see where they've taken it. So that's what it's about. Thanks for joining us. Just a quick note. We're hoping you've listened to this by now. I think the entire heavy metal community around the world has listened to this album. This has been highly anticipated. If you haven't listened to Fortitude in full, go and do it now. Go and find it. It's everywhere. It's on Spotify. Not that we are a fan of Spotify. The best option is to buy the album, preferably in a physical form. I've got the CD. Yeah, take your time with it and come back to us when you're ready because we don't want to influence your thinking. We want this to be a conversation that you know you can agree or disagree with, but something that is a sort of companion conversation to the listening that you've already done. So once you've done it, tune in. Hopefully you've done it already, and in, in that case, I hope you enjoy what we have to say about it. The first thing we always do is give you the nuts and bolts, so the release date and um, the various credits around the album, and Scott's our man for that, for that job. So take it away, Scotty D. So, Gojira Fortitude, this is album number seven, uh, released on April 30th, 2021. It was produced by Joe Duplantier, our mm -hmm. vocalist and rhythm guitar. Recorded at Silvercord Studio, which is now their home base, uh, in Queens, New York. And we this, this lineup has never changed. We, we have our same core four that we've had throughout all seven albums and that's joe Duplantier on vocals rhythm guitar christian andreu on lead guitar jean-michel labadie on bass and mario mario brings back on drums interesting um one you have linked to the building of that silver chord studio in, in a previous episode we might put that again on the show notes just because it's so interesting to see where they're recording this album i also see the name andy wallace as the mixer on this he seems to mix everything. He mixed those ghost albums that, that we've just finished with. He's, I think, the biggest name in metal mixing at least. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the mixing on this is flawless. As you'd expect from Andy, that's why he gets all these gigs, I guess. So in addition to everything else that Joe Duplantier has done, he also did the uh, artwork, which has kind of a cool story that's linked to in the show notes, but I don't remember if it was part of the conversation. But anyway, it's linked to in the show notes and it was it's an, uh, an homage, another one, right? We just came out mm. of Ghost and they were heavy with the homages. Yeah. Um, this is an homage to Klimt, to mm. uh, Gustav Klimt. And yeah. it's from his painting, um, Bias Athena from 1898, I believe. And it was the idea that Duplantier is trying to show and you can hear it in the music, but he is this album was created as sort of a tribute to indigenous communities and he wanted that to be reflected in the, uh, in the artwork. Yeah. Yeah. So it's got those golds that Klimt is so famous for. So the one thing that stood out for me on looking at the artwork is that uh, apparently uh, Val Kilmer was a member of an indigenous uh, Amazon tribe. Did you know this? That's yeah, not Val Kilmer. That's Val in the, in the picture. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's Val Kilmer. 
I think it's I think it's pretty. He's had a, a poor Valley. He had a problem. Uh, he's had a problem with his throat. But uh, I think this is pre uh, throat problem Val. Sort of circa you know, just before he got he really sort of stacked on the the uh, the pounds. Um, probably sort of heat, sort of mid nineties Val Kilmer, don't you think? Let's go with that. Yeah, sort of around the heat uh, phase. Uh -huh. He's whatever, moves out, whatever moves us on to the next, the next topic. Let's yeah. go with heat. <laughs> All right, putting that highly intellectual artwork discussion behind us, let's move on to the track by track. You're going to lead us off with uh, the first track, Born for One Thing. So in one of the interviews I read, they said that the... Joe DePlantier was saying, I think it's in that video. He's saying that the minute the opening riff came together on this song, he knew that this was not only going to be the album opener, but the live openers for future shows. Like the minute they put this song together, they were just like, all right, this is, this is our just opener du jour. Um, and it, and it starts with that March. Right. And, and, and you can feel it. And I, I really like, I'm going to talk a lot about, the bass, I think, in this album, because I'm so impressed with what the bass is doing throughout, and I like what it's doing in the song. Um, and I think that that's really what I focused on, especially with the song, is that what he's he's doing all these, he's playing with string bends, he's playing with these slides that accentuates this rhythm, and it's just this marching rhythm that drives you into the earlier mentioned uh, indigenous communities. Um, and then just kind of what the theme of what this whole album is going to be about. To me, there's two broad categories, and there's a few that don't fit into either category, but there's two broad categories of Gojira songs. There's the squealy, I guess you call I call it a cat squeal song. It sounds, it sounds like you've stood on a cat's tail and it goes, Row! Uh, and the other broad category, and we'll get to it when we get to the, the her songs, is the widdly diddly uh, songs. But this very much is a cat squeal song. There's a, a it's a squealy riff. I love that shuffling intro that you've mentioned that that marchy shuffle. We we get a bit of what we got on Magma: the layering of the vocals, the layered chanting, the swirling vocal effects in that chorus. The thing that stood out to me was the sound of the drums. Now, apparently, they've auditioned. They auditioned drum technicians on this album, so you know <laughs> they put a lot of thought into how these drum sounds. And the, the part of the drums that stood out the most to me is the kick drum. My God, it, it, that kick! It, it feels like it's punching you in the chest. I imagine those Sonos speakers uh, do it justice as well. This is a heavy song, and, and that's what really stood out for me, that they chose this to say, this is a Gojira album. We're still freaking heavy. You know, we are a heavy band. It's about facing fears, being strong in the face of difficulties, that sort of strength theme, I think. And, and you, you can tell by the name of the album. It's called Fortitude. It is one that comes up again and again throughout this album. The second track is one that has been spoken about a lot. It's called Amazonia. It's set in Brazil. The film clip is set in the Amazon jungle and, you know, Amazon warriors, um, I assume that's a sort of Amazonian type warrior on the cover. So the Amazon is a real theme here. They're also, I think, heavily influenced by Sepultura on this album, particularly mm. the drumming of Mario, and I'll get back to that again and again. But here we have a bouncy, boingy riff to, to kick this off. And, yeah, some very tribal sounds throughout. I love Mario's double kick work throughout this. I think he he is heavily influenced by Igor Cavalera on this album and in particular on this song. He's got a clanging cymbal, great drums on this, and this has a huge chorus, you know, um, a, a, an unforgettable chorus. There's, there's a real passion in this song. This was inspired by them driving through Brazil and seeing the flames, you know, hanging over the Amazon jungle and being moved by it. It's a very moving song. There, There is real, I mean, there's always been passion in this band, but, you know, it's really coming to the fore on this song. This is a, a, a passionate cry to 
save one of the great uh, assets on this planet, to save one of the great treasures of this planet. Um, so, yeah, a great song. Love the sort of bendy, bendy note in that chorus. The, the chorus is a is a huge highlight for me. And um, yeah, love the tribal rhythms. Love the love the drumming and and just the passion of the song. Your thoughts? His lyrics on both uh, the link and from Mars to Sirius were really eco focused, mm. and this gets back to that, right? I mean, that idea that they say that what the Amazon. Uh, rainforest or the lungs of the world and and yeah to, i i can only imagine as you're watching it burn the sort of the message that's trying to be conveyed there what i really also so you you've mentioned the sort of just the bigness of of this song but there's also how layered it is and there's so we start off with mouth harp i don't know i I don't know. Last time we did one of these, you had a prop. I don't know if you have a mouth harp as a prop. No. <laughs> you could bust that out for us. Um, but and then and then it, it, somebody gives a a whoop, right? So somebody's yeah. somebody's banging on the mouth harp, and then in the background you hear "woo," yeah. <laughs> which we don't get enough in Gojira, by the way. Mm. Um, and 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 then it seems like there's a a breeze blowing through and this is all just in the introduction and even the whistling of that breeze is on key with, with where this song is going to go and so we've got in the beginning we've got we've got a woo we've got a, a mouth harp we've got a breeze none of this is credited so i don't know who was responsible for any of that and then we end with throat singing hmm. and i'm i'm legitimately curious to know who did that like was that synthesized or where who I I don't know if you have the credits on the on the physical uh, album in front of you and I don't know what they would credit it to but I am legitimately curious to know how they captured that which then brings us into track three another world this is the song that was I think the indication to me that this album was maybe ready to go much earlier because this song's been out for a while now right I mean it's been months. That this yeah. song's been available. Yeah, this was released. Um, this was the first single released, and it was released a long time before the album was released. And I remember hearing the. This was the first Gojira song you heard. You're absolutely right. This was the first Gojira song that I'd heard, but well before we'd started this, mm. and and it doesn't sound like anything else on this album. I don't think. I feel like this song is different than than what's on the rest of this album be a good or bad um it, it is definitely uh it has probably the most single potential of the album um but i, re I really do like this song though i like it i like the hammering rhythm of the chorus um there's a really cool echo there's a lot going on with the effects that i mean i guess that would all be again joe right as he's producing this but there's a cool echo on the vocals and the verse and then and I'm noticing this, and I don't know if it wasn't as noticeable in the previous albums or if they didn't do it as much, but it sounds like there's a lot of doubling of vocals, mm. right? Where Joe's sort of doubling his voice and and to kind of give it that big effect. And, and he does that here in the chorus um, on the backing vocals. And then I like how I like how they give Mario room at around two minutes and he's restrained. And that's the one thing we talked about in the earlier albums, like the first three Gojira albums, Mario was filling every possible space of the room with everything his hands and feet could touch. And, and that's definitely changed now. And he does a lot and he plays a lot with restraint and with just sort of letting what he's not doing kind of take hold. And he does that. At, a, at around the, the, the two minute mark. And he kind of just gives just a straight up drum fill. And it feels really effective, especially given what you know he could have done. Mm. And so, yeah, no, overall, I, I did like the song, but it is, it, it's, it's something that I had heard prior to the rest of the album. I was expecting the rest of the album to be more like this. I'm maybe pleasantly surprised that it's not, but I do like the song. Now, I spoke about the two broad categories, the cat squeals and the widdly diddlies. This is a widdly diddly song. This is almost literally a widdly diddly song because that's the riff. Widdly diddly, widdly diddly, widdly diddly, 
There's a long history of science fiction in metal, and this is a science fiction song. It's basically, lyrically, Into the Void by Black Sabbath. It's a space arc song. It's about leaving the Earth and going to another planet. And, you know, there's a long history of space arc novels in science fiction, and, and you know, there's so many, so many great ones, so many great space arc novels, and, and you know, it's, it's a theme that resonates, you know, the idea of finding somewhere else to go. Uh, hope for the world but prepare for the worst is the lyric. I love the restraint on this song. You're right. This is the most single-friendly song, I think. There's a lot of restraint on this, and you, you were right to point out Mario's restraint. You know, I felt like they could have thrown another verse on or something, but they didn't. They held back and they just gave us the three or four minutes and, and, and that's all that it needed. I love the film clip to this song. This is the first time that I have bonded with my now five-year-old son over heavy metal. My son loves this song and his bedtime routine now every night involves watching the film clip to this song before he goes to bed. He previously, and he's given up on it lately, but he, he had been trying to build a rocket in the lounge room out of chairs, cushions, and he, and he kept making it more and more complex. So he would add, you know, a point on the top of the, of the chairs and the cushions, and then he'd bring in, so he'd grab one of his sister's toys, which had a lot of buttons and a screen on it, and said, right, this is the, the control panel for the rocket. And it sort of would get more and more complex, but eventually, and then he'd do the countdown, 10, 9, 8, and then the, it wouldn't go anywhere. So I think this has been an eye-opener for him, this film clip, to see what it would take to actually build a rocket that could go into space. And, of course, the first step in that would be to Google how to build a rocket. <laughs> I love the film clip. I love the film clip to this. This is the band having some fun in it. And fun isn't a word that I've associated much with Gojira in the past. They've never really been a fun band, but it's nice to see them relaxing in the film clip to this and just having a bit of fun and letting their imaginations run wild. Yeah, there's some little details in the film clip. Make sure you watch it, listeners, if you if you haven't caught it yet and just keep your eye on, you know, what they're typing into their search engines and some of the things that pop up on the screen. It's, it's funny and, and poignant at the same time. And then there's that moment, and, and I've come to associate, because I've seen the film clip so many times, I've come to associate when I listen to the visuals, it's in that cell shading style, so it looks like a comic book. But there's a moment in the film clip where the rocket takes off and that is the the centre point of the song as well, that soaring, wah, you know, when the, when the rocket takes off in the film clip with, and it's got these futuristic guitar effects, which you mentioned. I love this song. This is my favourite just because it has that family touch you know the the moment of bonding over heavy metal with my son proud parent moment you know my son's now requesting gojira every night before he goes to bed so um yeah i feel like i'm doing well as a as a father uh, for that to be happening and love the song and love the professionalism the restraint it's just i, I feel like this symbolizes just how far they've come from the incredibly complex, still great, but just they've just stripped it all back and, and this is the epitome of that stripping back process to just a, a great three or four minute kick-ass, accessible but still metal song. I loved it. Okay, so the next one is called Hold On. This is a, has a slower intro. Uh, there's an ocean metaphor here. The first minute 40 is, is this slow multi-layered vocals, uh, you know, a, a lot of that sort of stuff. The rest of the song is quite different from that intro. You know, it's still quite a heavy song at its heart. The thing that stood out to me again on this is the drum production. That that kick drum, just I just keep coming back in this album to the kick drum, and I'm a kick drum connoisseur, and I, I'm not sure kick drum in... You know, metal kick drum has ever sounded as good as it does here. This song is another rallying cry, another rousing, you know, get through these hard times sort of um, sort of song. 
it's good, but it's not one of my favorites. Um, but yeah, it'd be interesting to hear what you thought of this one. All right, so here's what I wrote about this song. I said, hold on. And I wrote that exactly with the exclamation. Is, it, is that Gojira acapella we hear at the beginning? <laughs> huh? And then I had an exclamation X and then question mark after that. And it and so it, it and it does. We you get this the, just the beginning of this song is still like, wait a minute, what's going on here? Um I do like this song. Uh again, not one of my favorites. It, it there's a there's a moment in the where the breakdown has sort of like a Metallica black album feel to it. And you kind of feel their influences coming through there. The other thing that I noticed, and it was in the middle of this song that we haven't heard that Mario's or sorry, Joe's growling has mm. sort of been scaled back a little bit. Right. Especially if you go back to listen to the first three albums where um, it verged on cookie monster at times. Mm. And, and I think that that's, He's definitely, definitely straight away from that, and the singing's become much more melodic. But, um, but he does sort of jump, jump into the growls occasionally in this song, and, and it works. It's, it's mm. again the sort of that that Mario, the fact that sort of the restraint, <laughs> you don't growl all the time. It's, it's more effective when, when you hit it. Which then leads us into Newfound track five, and. Mm actually starts with the aforementioned growl that as I was listening to track four the first time I was like, oh, we don't hear this much anymore. And then track five, that's it kicks off with that right away. Um, but then his vocals do ease into that more melodic style. Mm. The, the the chorus of this song is just, is just massive, mm. right? And and this, I feel like with this, and especially I noticed it with, the, I don't know what it was about this track and it, it should have been triggered in Amazonia, but it wasn't. But it's this track where it's like, oh, right. Gojira are playing these massive South American football stadiums now, aren't they? And this is sort of, this is now that I felt like this song was that the first one I've heard so far where it's like, right, they're, they're now, they need to fill these stadiums with this sound. And this, I feel like this song really does it. Um, and they kind of tease us with that fade out and then sort of kick into that massive rocker of an ending with, with the chanting and the, and the guitar riff that's sort of soaring above it all. Yeah, um, I feel like if there was if there was to be an unshuffled drinking game, that at some point um, when one of us says the word anthemic, that must be a, a point in which the listener should should take a little sip. And this is the point where I'm going to pull it out. That that chorus that you mentioned is anthemic. That that word that we uh, we do bring up from time to time. The riff. Itself is a is a cat squealer. It's the stand on the cat's tail sound, and yeah, yeah that last two minutes. So the highlight of this song to me was the last two minutes. That, that crushing, what a riff, and and again, it's the drums and the kick, man, that kick. There's a distant vocal vocal chant towards the end, and and it fades out. But yeah, that that last two minutes makes the song. I mean, it's a good song overall, but especially with that, I guess you call it a breakdown. But the, the last two minutes of, of this song are just killer. Lyrically, it's about a life changing revelation. I think that that moment when you sort of work things out and and gain some clarity on on your position on the planet. Interesting theme, but yeah, just. Just again, that that last two—it's all about the last two minutes for me, and and the sound of those drums, hmm. uh, which leads us into that should be another part of the drinking game. Leads us into. Um, I'm, I'm going to treat the next two songs as as one: Fortitude, track six, and the chant. Are you happy with that? Yep, I did the same. Yeah, so I mean, because it, it has that bass and percussion, tribal opening it's you know there's some wooden sort of percussion instruments some shaking bells we've heard those on previous albums you know this is not new for gojira they've been doing this since their early days the experimenting with these tribal sounds so don't feel like they've gone in some new direction here they haven't and and but they've honed it i think the vocal refrain in that section basically forms the entire song it just repeats over and over I don't have a problem with that though. It's kind of like a sea shanty to me. Like I know it, it 
is supposed to be tribal, but to me it felt almost like a sea shanty because once you get that basic pattern, that's it. You know, uh, that's it. That's the entire song. But that's good. I like that. And it allows them towards the end of the song to then start experimenting with it and layering different thing, you know, solos and variations over the top of that central riff. And it becomes quite hypnotic. I really like this song. And, and again, the message, you know, the simple message of this entire album is captured in two words, get strong. So I really like this song. Um, I like how these two songs build together. I like what they sort of built up into and what they, and so the first part is I'm just listening. I remember the first time I was listening to it and I wasn't entirely sure what was happening. And it felt like you were hearing a song being built, right? Like you were hearing the pieces of the song coming together as it was, as it was sort of being, it was, it was just, they were working through this riff at its most primal, um, and then the bass comes in and the bass is so good here. And then, and then as they're sort of working through this and they're building it all in and they're getting comfortable with, with the vocals and the layering and how it's going to sound. And then it just, and then it just busts in with the chant. And that's the point they've sorted it out, right? They've made a monster out of it. And there's the, the, the chanting, the backing, the vocals that keep going. There's the impassioned screams, as you were saying behind get strong, right? The idea that this, it's this driving message throughout this album. And, and then, and then we get a proper guitar solo. Hmm. Like I, I, I haven't done the research. I could do the research, but when was the last time we had a proper just guitar solo in a, in a Gojira song? And then we get one here. Um, this was one where I, I kind of, I think I stopped reading the reviews because people really, really dislike this song. Hmm. Uh, How could you? Where, I, I I don't know, but the way that these two songs work together is so good, and and I I would I have these two songs together listed as one of my potential favorites. Hmm. Yeah, no, I, I I really liked it. Me too. So, which leads us now to the Sphinx or mm -hmm. Sphinx track eight, um, and here we got that growl again. And, and, and again, but th this time the growl is doubled with the melodic singing, right? So there's, the, there's the, the melody underneath the growl and the way that those two things are working together. And then, and then it ends on the, on, on the choir. I'm just, I sort of, I don't know what the song and kind of the vocals sort of really struck out to me. But as I was listening to the choir at the end, I was, you don't suppose they got the, uh, Ghost golden throated janitor, do you? Is he in the is he in the credits? So I I I do like this song, but um it felt like kind of uh it's sort of a breather, I guess, but between just in, in terms of fortitude, the chant, and then the Sphinx, and then going into the next track into the storm. Yeah. Uh, I like this song. I, I mean, I liked all the songs on the album, I think. But, uh, I mean, this is heavy. They're, so they're definitely heavier than they were on Magma, I think, at times on this album. I thought this one could have almost fit in on one of the earlier albums, like from, from Master Series, for example. I, I, I love the double, the use of the double kick on this. I, I've talked about it a lot. Uh, and that, there's that snare sound again. I'm, I'm going to talk in detail about Mario's double kick work later, um, but I do like his use of the double kick on this and throughout the album. It's a great song. I really like this song. It's it's a cat squealer hmm. and it's heavy, and um, but there's still some restraint even in that heaviness and that, that I like. The next song after this one is called Into the Storm. Now, that it didn't release a full video clip to this. There is a, a lyric video that they released, I think, like, you know, a couple of days before they released the full album. I like the opening of this. It's got a train. It sounds like a train crossing. It's just, it's Mario clanging on a cymbal. That train, that clanging train crossing sound becomes the sort of heartbeat of the song. And finally, we get a go. This called to mind a, a different Metallica song for me. This was the Disposable Heroes riff off Master of Puppets. 
And it's certainly a rousing chorus, deliberately rousing. You know, when you're singing, put your fist or fists in the air, then the, you're not being very subtle about what feelings you want your listener to have. But perhaps it felt a little too obvious to me that we're trying to get you all um, up and about with this chorus. I still like the song. It, it, the train crossing sound returns in the middle section and again at the end. So there's that recurring theme there and we fade out with that sound. So good song. Enjoyed it. Interested to hear your thoughts. I you stole you stole all my notes actually. Oh. Um, I, I talk about the the train, the go. It's got that sort of quiet at the beginning. It's it's called into the storm, so maybe it's a little on the nose that you can kind of hear the storm coming, and then the bells kind of clanging, and then all of a sudden it just sort of picks up and it becomes like a madman sort of running a train crossing, and and then it sort of leads us into go. Um, the chorus again, I think, on the song feels massive. It's it, you definitely know where kind of the space they're filling with this mm. with this album um in a way that i don't i think magma was was kind of a sad album right that was it was about the loss of their mother if i remember correctly yeah. and 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 so I, I don't know that 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 was the intention of that album to fill space and this album feels like that's where they're picking up on now mm. um in track 10 the the trails I read somewhere that they said that this song is uh, potentially another one that's going to be too complicated to pull off live, mm. right? Going back to like global warming was another one mm. where they, they wrote it and they were able to sort of record it, but to do it live would be difficult. Um, yeah. esoteric, esoteric surgery was another one that they've never oh, played live. It was just too damn hard. <laughs> right. And so here again, the, the, just the bass is doing just some really cool bits under the guitars playing just with slides with hammering and there's kind of just that rumbling sound that's happening um the song itself feels very linear and and even tempoed uh especially for a gojira song right there's not as much dynamic for it um but with that said i like it and i also really like where it falls on the album i think it's it it <sighs> sequence sequencing of an album is, is is there's an art to it hmm. and and to have a song hit right sometimes just is a matter of where you've put it in the album like if you go back to all the old hair metal bands that massive power ballad that was always track five right you were always going to find that massive power ballad as your track five and so there is something to be said for sequencing and i noticed kind of what we've talked about i think with the last couple ghost albums or maybe it was the first couple ghost albums where we were talking about how it sort of just fell apart at the end, right? By the end, it just kind of felt like they were just tagging on songs and it didn't feel <clears throat> as strong. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this song fits nicely here because it's, it's, it's different. And, and it sort of separates kind of some, some of the, the heavier songs and kind of just, it, it has this little niche that it's carved out on side B before bringing us into the last track. Mm. Yeah. Nice thoughts. Um, it really called to mind this song Lowlands off the previous album. So that was their first venture into this really ballady. I mean, I guess that there were a few moments on previous albums, but Lowlands was the song that came to mind, obviously, for this one. But without the heavy bit at the end, like Lowlands was this beautiful song, but they just couldn't resist tacking on tacking on the doo -dum -dum -doo, you know that heavy metal bit at the end they've resisted that this time there's no denouement i think that maybe that would have been too predictable i like the fact that this doesn't have that it kind of the song itself kind of leaves you hanging and then you need the next song to get the the closure or, or the heaviness that that you expect it is a, a beautiful song. There's some lovely vocal harmonies, effects, some haunting guitar sounds, very atmospheric. Enjoyed it and, and like what you said about its placement on the album. I think it, it belongs here. And then we go into Grind, which is a really heavy song. Now, I would, you know, you get to the last song on a Gojira album and you think, all right, we're going to get something 
epic. You know, we're going to get a global warming or a dawn or a lowland, something that's a long song with and multifaceted, and it's going to have a slight, it's going to be epic. Grind surprised me because it has that cat squealy, super heavy opening, and you think, whoa, hang on. I wasn't expecting that, you know, this is another heavy song. I didn't expect that here. We get another go here. The grind, you know, surrender to the grind. There's a big riff in there. It didn't make sense in the first couple of minutes. I was thinking, hang on, this doesn't feel like it belongs here until you get to about halfway through the song, about the 230 mark. Now, there's no actual transition from the A part of the song to the B part of the song. It just sort of jumps from one to the other. But again, I think they're trying to be unpredictable. I think once you've been a band for as long as you, as this band has, you've done things by the numbers and you start to experiment. And I think they're doing that here and just going from heavy to less heavy without an obvious transition from one part to the other. But the second half of this song is where it makes sense because you get that extended repetitive fade out you get mario's the variations in mario's drumming the beautiful fills the hypnotic guitars so you get that end to an album that you expect but perhaps the first half of this song had you thinking hang on where is this but but yeah you get it and you finish with that acoustic guitar and the fade out and we're done and that's it it's a short album and i you know they haven't felt the need to put the listener through the grinder like they did perhaps with some of their, you know, you think back to the Whale of Flesh, you know, with the listener, they, they did, that demanded, it's such a great album, but it demanded so much of the listener. I think they're, a, they're less punishing on, on, on the person listening to the album. I mean, they happen to just, they're happy just to give you 11 short songs and let it be and we don't feel like we need to have written a symphony in every song here like we've stripped it back and and made it a bit easier for you to access every song and the album as a whole and i feel like this is a lovely way to finish the album especially with that part a part b a bit of unpredictability what, what do you think of this as an album closer I feel like, so that was one of my comments is that the thing about a Gojira album is you're always going to get the strong bookends, right? You get a strong album opener and you get a strong album closer. And I feel like they never disappoint in those areas. And it's the exact same thing that you said when I was first listening to Grind. I was like, whoa, wait a minute. This isn't, this isn't what I was expecting. It's so dynamic. There's so much packed into this one song that by the time the song ends, you're like, oh, right. That's exactly what I'm expecting out of a Gojira closer mm. is, is, is just that it's that song that is unpredictable. That does go through those changes that does show those dynamics and, and really showcase their strengths. And I feel like this song does that. It's got, I really, I love, love the bass in this song and the cool little descending runs he does between the verses. Um, it, it, they even, they even give you a go. At about the two minute mark before they before they kick off, right? They give us another one of those, um, and and that sort of that breakdown of the last two and a half minutes. It, it you know what the song it leaves you not to be cliched with this, but it does. It, it, everything was just perfectly timed. Where at no point are you tired of this album. By the time it's over, you're like, oh, like I could have had a little more. Mm. And 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 so I think it was yeah exactly as as you were saying it's not overwhelming it's not beating you up it's just it's yeah start to finish and then you're done and you're like wow yeah but I think that's better right than than sort I, of getting to the sixty minute mark of a CD and thinking this has been good but man I just mm -hmm. I just kind of need a break now this, this I never got that feeling with this album. No, not at all. Like, there's no point where it's like, oh, I don't want to listen to track 15. Yeah. <laughs> you're just, you're in, you're out, you're done. Mm. Mm. And there's something to be said for that. Mm. Is this their best album? <sighs> See, here's why I'm not prepared to have this conversation. <laughs> the last time we had this conversation. Scott, Scott let me stop yeah. you. We, we have a highly rated, much loved 
podcast, listened to right. the world over. Our listeners want us to have this conversation. Right. Let's have the conversation. Well, well, that's just it. As, as much as I'm not prepared to have the conversation, I'm ready to have the effing conversation. <laughs> the, the, the thing is, though, is that when we had this conversation last, I think I put from Mars to Sirius as my third favorite, and I put Magma as my favorite. And we had just come off of listening to Magma. Yeah. And in retrospect, I've got to move from Mars to Sirius up to the top. I, oh. I really like that album. Yeah. But now, all of a sudden, I'm finding myself thinking, well, I really like what they're doing with this album. Like, I really, really like. And so I'm inclined to put this album at the top. But at the same time, it's just like, am I just doing that because it's the most recent Gojira? Like, so is that what's happening? When when I listen to a Gojira album, it just instantly becomes my favorite, and that's not a bad thing. Hmm. But it it's not. It, it, it certainly I can't etch this in stone. Hmm. So I think I'm going to go ahead and hedge my bets and keep from Mars to Sirius at the top, right? Just because it, it's it's gone through the ringer. Um, okay. But but my inclination is to put this one at the top. All right. Well, I'm going to be a little bit more decisive than that. And okay. I'm Magma was my previous favorite Gojira album, and I'm sticking with that as my previous favorite Gojira album, but I'm now nominating this new album as my new favorite Gojira album. I think they're improving with every album. I think every album has been strong. We haven't had a weak one, but this, to me, is their best. I love this album. And that word that we've used again and again, restraint, is the thing that I love the, the thing that makes them better every album, they just know they're not adding anything. They're just taking things away and they're stripping it back to the the essentials of a great song and, and a great album. And, yeah, this to me is the most strip, stripped back they've sounded but also the best. Yeah, yeah I'm going to call this their best album and I'm their next one will probably be even better. I'm always... I've always been, uh, I like your new stuff better than your old stuff, guy, right throughout my metal listening history. So perhaps I'm biased towards bands as they grow and mature, and, and I think bands have a lot to offer later in their careers. Let's hope Gojira's career goes on for many more years and decades. But to me, this is a mature band who are still, I think, at their creative peak, but also they they know what to hold back on, and, and that's what I love about this album. I I appreciate the decisiveness, and mm. and and I am more decisive in my brand my band Brownlow that I got. All right, let's hear it. That I know where I'm going with. All right. Okay. So my the one is going to it's 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 going to Mario. I the drums are amazing, and 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 but my, my one point's going to Mario. My two points, all right, when I, the minute I give you my two, you're going to know my three. Mm. But my, my two I, points... I already know your three. You already know my three. My two points are going to Joe Duplantier. Uh, the, the man did, I mean, he, he produced this. The sound is, is the, just the, the soundscaping that he created with this album. Um, the, 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 the melodies, the, 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 what he's doing with the vocals, the guitar, I still can't entirely disassociate who's who's given me the solo and who's given me the rhythm three is going to it's going to show levity he's the bass is it's not and and i don't know if credit to this goes to the producer or to the player but the bass was definitely i felt more at least buried and harder to find in earlier albums um and it's it it's really kind of coming through on this one, especially where you you really just hear him. He's hanging. He's there. He's he's in the background. He's kind of got his own. He's got a groove going, and and he's not necessarily just following the guitar. Yeah, yeah. I love the bass on this album, and yeah, you mentioned him. A, I knew that was coming. You mentioned him a lot. Yeah, right. I'm going to give my one to Jean Michel for the reasons you've mentioned. I think. Yeah, I think part of it is like the mixing, you know, and the Andy Wallace mixing. But I think a lot of it is Jean-Michel himself. I think, yeah, I, I really love just this is a band, you know, it's not 
a drummer with a bunch of guys trying to keep up anymore. This is a, a really strong and united band, and the fact that the bass is so prominent, I think, is a, is a sort of credit to to the unity and and you know the fact that we have four equal members now in this band. Two goes to Joe, the creative driver of this band. The he does the cover artwork. He produces. He does everything. He sings, he plays guitar. I, I think most of the guitar, he tends to take the lead in the guitar. So he does some really tricky guitar work at the same time as singing. Incredible talent, such a passionate human being, such a positive person as well. You hear him interviewed and you think, I like this guy. And you kind of cheer him and you cheer his band as a result. But the three to me goes to Mr. Mario Duplantier, the greatest heavy metal drummer on the planet. And who is he the greatest heavy metal drummer of all time? He's got to be close. Mm. There was an excellent article linked to, uh, I will link to from the show notes, the 10 drummers who changed his life. And it was really interesting reading. Heavy metal drumming is such an interesting part of music, I think. You know, you think, what changed from rock and roll to heavy metal? Rock and roll was you hit the bass drum every second beat and you hit the snare every other beat. The snare is on the back beat. You know, it's got a back beat. You can't lose it. That's rock and roll. What heavy metal brought was a new approach to that bass drum. So rather than going dunch, dunch, you had Dave Lombard and you listen to the intro to Hello Waits. I mean, that to me is the when bass drums change. You know, maybe he wasn't the first to do it, but the digga digga chicka digga 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 chicka. So we get, and, and then that raised so many possibilities. Oh, what? We can have two bass drums now. And you, and I love the fact that he referenced Lars Ulrich in his, in his list because Lars gets a lot of, uh, Lars gets dissed a lot as a drummer. I think Lars Ulrich is a great drummer. And one of the reasons I think, well, the reason I think And Justice For All is the best Metallica album, despite all its problems, it's terrible mixing, terrible production. You can't hear Jason, but you listen to Lars, that album, my goodness, he can play the drums. You know, whether he can do it perfectly live every time, I don't care. He knows what good drumming sounds like. And the other one on his list that stands out for me is Igor Cavalera. And that is the biggest influence on Mario's drumming on this album. And you can hear it in Amazonia. On earlier Gojira albums, Mario would hit the double kick for minutes at a time. You go back to From Mars to Sirius, there was a song, Where Dragons Dwell or something like that. I, I think there's like four minutes of double kick. He doesn't do that anymore. And and it's that, you mentioned it before, if you do something less, it becomes more effective. So the, the next band is is Abrams. And I have, I just, I want to verify this with you first. I have their first album as Lust, Love, Loss. Yeah, I think that's right. And I okay. think it's available on cassette. Do you have a cassette player in your little mountain heart? <laughs> There's got to be one around here somewhere. Hunt one down. Otherwise, we'll I just will. download and listen. Yeah. But available um, on Bandcamp, um, you know, if nothing else. But try and get yourself a physical copy if you can. Yeah. So I am, I'm sad to leave this Gojira album behind. And I, and I won't. I'm, I'm, I'm still free to listen to it. You're not the boss yeah. of me. And I will still listen to it. Uh, but but, I'm, but I'm, I'm excited. I'm ready to move on with this new band, Abrams. It's been a long time coming, right? Because we picked them roughly the same time we picked ghost yeah at the same time we picked ghost that's that's yeah. been a while so, mm. yep so and yeah it might take us long to get through abrams and then we'll have to pick a new band all over again but um abrams will be fun and i like i like these smaller bands the last two bands we've done have been big you know ghost and now gojira i'm looking forward to getting back you know we did pale gray law a few bands ago and and you tend to uh, you tend to get a bit of interest out of the band itself, the fact that someone's doing a podcast on their on their music. And, and yeah, I, I'm looking forward to engaging with a smaller band this time around. 
seeing what they've got to offer. Yeah, that's in mind. All right. Well, thanks for sticking with us, listener. Thank you very much for listening. As always, you can contact us in various ways. Um, we've got a website, unshuffledpod.com. All our past shows that are there, our show notes from this show and all the others are available on our website. You can email us at unshuffledpod at gmail and we also have a Twitter account at unshuffledpod where we um, post all our shows, links to all our shows there as well as retweeting any sort of album-related info that pops up that we think you might be interested in. So worth a follow, please do so. A few thank yous. Quickly, uh, thank you to Smallstone, a great record label, and their band Seven Planets for providing the music that you hear in the opening and closing sections of, of the podcast. The album is called Explorer. The track is called Vanguard. Go to the Smallstone website. Go to their Bandcamp site. Track down Seven Planets, download that album, and while you're there, have a look through the rest of the Small Stone catalogue, some great fuzzed-up rock from mostly from the US, really quality label, so make sure you chase them up. Thank you, Scott. It's been a pleasure, and nice to know you've arrived safely and you're going to have a, a lovely few weeks in your mountain home listening to Abrams and a few other things, so enjoy that. Enjoy that fresh mountain air and, and summer in uh, in Vermont. Hmm. Will do. And you, uh, likewise to you, as you're on your penny farthing traveling <laughs> traveling through Bologna, <laughs> listening to Abrams. Buongiorno a tutti. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks, thanks, of course, to all of our listeners. We do appreciate you tuning in every week. And, um, hopefully you'll stick with us on our next band, Abrams. Until then, rock on. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, listener.